Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Tortured Fan Bases podcast coming at you on the 29th day of July, 2023. Uh, a lighter crew today, just Fife and myself. How you doing, bud? Fantastic. Glad to be back, man. And we missed you last week. It was it was the first time that we recorded without you. Like we finally reached the pinnacle of you not being a part of it. Yeah, that's how you know you got a good podcast. You can still survive without the heart and soul, you know. Yeah, that's how you know that you don't have a life and Thompson and I do because we're doing <laughs> things and having fun and you're like, I got a podcast, guys. This is great. Yeah, I mean, I just I just go to work and come home and podcast. That's it. Watch baseball. What a what a freaking life. Hey, someone's got to live it, you know. <laughs> well, we got to start off with sad news for everybody. Yeah, you know who's not very, very living a baseball life anymore? Bartolo Colon. Big Sexy is gone. You know sad what that day. means? That means uh, that there are no longer any active major league players who played on the Montreal Expos. Zero now. Oh. He was the last. That's kind of sad. Yep. We've got he the was, son of someone who played, though. We got Vlad Vlad Jr. Not the same. He was the last mm-hmm. the last active player. Which granted he hasn't played since like what, 2019 or something like that? Yeah, 2019, 2018. But I'm actually curious. When did he stop playing? Because he played for the twins back in like 2017. It was wild. Yeah. But he technically didn't retire, but now he is. It's 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 sad news. I kept hearing like buzz every single year, like he's gonna make a comeback, he's gonna make a comeback, and then he never did. I mean, I, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't try and sign him. Dude eats innings and they're generally yeah. pretty solid innings. I mean they're not great, but they're solid. He also just hurt. eats. Yeah. Two hundred and eighty five pounds. The dude is he's big. Yeah, big sexy is uh he, he he is a big guy, only throwing you know eighty nine now. But I mean, it's, right. it's a sad day, you know. Bartolo's uh, uh, he, he's an all time great baseball character. Well, he was one of those fun guys where early on when he was playing with Cleveland, he was just pumping gas. Like he was a I'm I'm gonna blow it by you. He's kind of like Zach Greinke in that sense. Like when Greinke came up, he was throwing a two seamer ninety eight miles an hour, and now Zach Greinke is where Bartolo Colon was, and he's throwing you know eighty nine ninety, but he's pinpointing it. That's a, His last year was 2018 with the Rangers. He went seven and twelve with a five seven eight ERA and yeah, threw 150 great. innings, which that's is great, amazing but... for a 45 year old. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I can't believe you just made that comparison there. What comparison? Bartolo and Granky. If I mean they're different people, but I think the comparison is actually kind of apt. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he yeah. is. Look, he he is actually the winningest latin pitcher in history oh really yeah 247 wins that's the most of any latin born pitcher ever that's a little shocking i'm not gonna lie it's longevity yeah uh fun fun question for you who is the only person i believe to post an era posted on era under four uh, at age 45 the only person um i would say probably nolan ryan I think Jamie Moyer. I don't did Jamie Nolan Moore. Ryan do it at 45? I'm just looking at a Jamie Moyer's baseball reference page and he had a 371 ERA with 33 starts in let's, 2008 with the Phillies. Let's look at the Ryan Express. Jamie Moyer is so cool, man. I I I always love seeing that stat where it's like when he retired, he'd like faced like like 12% of all MLB hitters ever because he pitched so long. I mean, he started out in Chicago with the Cubs at age 23 in 1986, and he retired at age 49 in 2012. That is an insane baseball career. 
it just shows you how little teams used to change their roster back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no consecutive two hundred in, two hundred innings. Yeah, no one Ryan, no one Ryan, he had himself a good career. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Forty at forty-five, he had a three-seven-two ERA. So basically, in line with Moyer. Okay, one hundred fifty-seven well, innings. Here I am looking dumb. No, that's and a valid question. One. Didn't even think about the Ryan Express. It's a valid. It I mean, is a valid question. I mean, he had a strikeout. It's, it's, it might just be the two 45. of them. Are you serious? Uh, maybe, maybe one of the Negroes, one of those guys that pitched forever. Yeah, what Satchel Page? I wonder what Satchel Page did when he was forty-five. Was he still yeah. pitching then? I feel like he was. Probably, yeah. He probably never stopped pitching. I don't know if Baseball Reference has Negro League stats. Um, they're getting more of them. It's, it's, they're doing a great project right now to do it to try and get as many of those stats corroborated as they can. It's it's actually well, quite great. I think they also just recognized the stats as official, and that's like the whole reasoning behind that. Which is, I mean, that's a long time coming. Yeah, no, that um, happened like three or four years ago. It happened like pandemic time. They they Major League Baseball officially recognized them as major leagues. And so then all the stats counted, but it's still really hard to get stats. Let's see. Gotcha. Satchel Page was playing 45. 45. Dude, he pitched at 58. Yep. So he at 46, he had a uh for the St. Louis Browns, he had a 3-5-3 ERA. That's pretty solid. Goodness gracious. Pretty solid. Look at the complete games. He had 57 starts. Our 57 games, he threw 34 complete games. Hey, that's that's he was the man. But now we are down one less man. Or down one more yeah. man. Huh. I will say thought. Bartolo was always a fun pitcher. I mean, there there might be no happier clip in Major League Baseball than when he parked one in the seats in left field in San Diego. Oh uh, yeah. Watching the New York Mets dugout react to that. Cause I mean, I mean, at one point, Rob Manfred was like, why would we institute the DH in the NL? Cause we can watch Bartolo Cologne hit. Like he was a punchline because <laughs> he was just so hilarious at the plate. Oh, yeah. And like, lost I, the national treasure. Yeah. And, you know, he, uh, he currently also holds the record for most consecutive strikes 38 yeah. consecutive strikes. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, that's the 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 record for the pitch tracking era. It's wild. Just consistently just pounding the zone. That I mean, that was who he was at the end of his career. He was he yeah. wasn't gonna walk anyone. That's On this day in 2012, April 17th, 2012, 38 straight strikes. I wonder how many outs he got with those 38 straight strikes. Um, I quite a few. I mean, he he wasn't blowing it by people anymore, so there were a lot of foul balls and balls in play. But hey, let's see. I mean, hey, he he had a, a he had a good career, you know. I mean, totals, he's two hundred forty seven wins, a a four one two ERA. He had a nice solid career. I think this brings up another another talking point. Who's your favorite old baseball player nowadays? Like the guy that's just could have retired or maybe is just still putting up crazy numbers in their 40s or something like that who's your favorite i mean i think you probably uh well i mean there aren't that many ball players in their 40s right now that's right there's i think there's verlander he's gonna be my pick because yeah. i've always loved justin verlander i mean if you win a cy young in your 40s you you kind of have to um, the dude is ridiculous let's see who else 
let's see maybe not even this year like recent if there's anyone else that sticks out um you know i i i think david ortiz might be it because he retired and he had like his last he, season was he did awesome exceptional season. yeah yeah like i know he probably didn't want to but he probably could have given it another go yeah, I mean, I'm pulling up his his stats right here from his last season. Yeah, I mean, I think... he had 48 doubles, 127 ribbies. Uh, he slugged 620 for an OPS over a thou over one. Um, that's an insane season. Yeah, and I think because I think Mariano Rivera, he kind of did the same thing. His last year was really excellent, but I think it would have been easier for Ortiz to maybe give it another go than it would for Rivera. You know, like being a pitcher, being a reliever, that's a lot. Not saying hitting's not, yeah. but, you know, he's a DH, so. That's true. I mean, it's kind of nice to see players retire of their own accord, though. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, I mean, like you said, both those guys could have played a little bit longer, but you don't watch them decline, right? So you don't have to watch David Ortiz play like Albert Pujols does. Um, or did he retired? Listen, Albert he had, Pujols, he though. A, uh, he had a five war season his last year. Pujols, yeah, but the four no, no, years no. preceding Ortiz. Oh, Big Poppy. Yeah, no, Big Poppy had an outstanding yeah, season. Yeah, let's I mean, see. He his, at his last three years. Yeah, he's he had a five war season. I mean, that's, come on, that's great. Yeah, but it's nice to see him go out on top. Whereas if you look like a guy at El, like Albert Pujols, where he was so yeah. good for so long, and then he just kind of cratered and it's, I mean, through no fault of his own and watching him get to 700 home runs was an awesome baseball memory, but oh, yeah. he was not at all the player that we recognized. I mean, basically from like 2016 on, like he just wasn't that guy anymore. He didn't hit 30 home runs after 2017 um, started grounding into, well, kept grinding into a bunch of double plays, wouldn't play nearly as much, stopped driving in nearly as many runs. I mean, he just became less effective as a player until he retired. And I think the best thing he did, though, was after that 10-year contract with the Angels, he went back to St. Louis. Um, he sent 24 balls into the seats and got to 703 home runs. Well, I mean, he didn't, really have, awesome. a, he didn't really have a choice. They they released him, so he didn't really have a choice there. But That's true, but I mean, it doesn't... he could have. Someone would have given him a shot. I mean, yeah. Oakland would have signed him for a million dollars to watch him put balls in the seats in the Coliseum. Well, I mean, he uh, had that weird cameo with the Dodgers. That was kind of fun. With the Dodgers? Yeah, that was kind of fun. 85 games. Well, he had 12 homers at 38 ribbies. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a good hitter. I think the weird thing is he just, like, stopped getting on base. Like, once people realized he wasn't a dangerous hitter anymore, like, he just stopped getting on base. Yeah, and I think they realized that they could throw him strikes that they couldn't throw him earlier. Because early in yeah. his career with the St. Louis Cardinals, like you didn't throw him anything. Like you didn't want to make a mistake in the zone. If you were going to do something, you were going to make a mistake out of the zone. But once he started to regress, like everyone, they're like, okay, I can get away with a slider inside. He's not going to send that 450 feet to left. Um, if I leave a fastball out over the plate, he's not always going to crush it. Like he'll pop it up a little bit more than he probably did still punish baseballs, still punish mistakes, but he was not that same caliber of player, which is just normal, but he still had, I mean, he's yeah, probably, it was, it was exaggerated if you had to put him. like a generational team, a generational, generational team together, like the last 25 years, I feel like he has to be the first baseman. I don't know who else would be. Oh yeah. I mean, his, his first, his first 10 years in pro baseball, like 
if you just put those he was a Hall of like, Fame player after that. Yeah, I mean, if you put if you put those together on like a like a rate basis, I mean, it was one of the best ten year periods of anybody ever. I mean, let's yeah. see, from two thousand one to twenty eleven, he averaged three twenty eight, four twenty one, six seventeen for a one seventy OPS plus for ten Over years. A ten year period. Yeah, it's I mean, insane that's, that's to do insane. an OPS over one in a year. And you know what? He was like, yeah, just the way that his body broke down was unfun to watch. I mean, he started getting slow, and then that affected everything. And yeah, I don't like talking about he it. Did. He he was, you know, for he us, was so he was he was one of the like all stars of our childhood for sure. Yeah, I want everybody's. But he was also a Which great is, dude too. Like, there's I mean, never a complaint about his character. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I've I heard people trying to make the argument when uh, when all the Mitchell Report stuff came out that he was a steroid guy. It's just like, what are you talking about, man? No, there's no way. No, there's no way. Uh, over the first eleven years of his career with St. Louis, uh, he hit 445 home runs. Yes, yes, that is ridiculous. Yes. You might you might have his page up in front of you. Don't look at it real quick. Uh, he I, owns the all time career record in one stat. I already know what it is. It's it's uh grinding double plays. I already knew that one. Yeah, yeah. He's grinding into four hundred and twenty six double plays in now, his career. Is that because? Do we think that's he because hit, of his ground ball rate, or because he was absolutely for ye- like a decade the slowest guy in Major League Baseball? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it's because he hit the ball so hard too. Um, yeah. He never got cheated, his, man. He would never like dribble one to the third baseman where they can't get a double play. He would hit a rocket on the ground, and so that's I, just an easy double play. Yeah, and I think it's probably his speed because his career ground ball rate is like 41%, and the MLB is average slow. is like 44 or 45%. He's just... Once, uh, once we got all the Savant stat cast stuff, it was just like... One of the fun things you could do once they, you know how they have the, uh, the little race thing for the sprint speeds. Yeah. Just literally anybody against Albert holes was just like mean. Cause he's just so slow. You like Corbin Carroll or Byron Buxton against him. Not anybody. Byron Buxton now. Yeah. Yeah. Just anybody against Mike Trout. Like, Oh dude, I'm sorry. This is not, <laughs> this is not fun. You good? Uh, I'm looking at, yeah, no, I've had the hiccups for like the last, hour and a half it's driving That's wild okay. they're gone and then it instantly just comes right back for whatever ooh, reason ooh, buddy ellie de la cruz is finally on the uh the 90 foot uh race stuff let's go oh goodness <laughs> i need to find this actually uh i'm looking at pulse's spray chart from 2022 uh, oh my goodness there's another hiccup this is gonna be embarrassing uh he absolutely demolished balls to left field he hit yeah, one home on the right <laughs> Yeah, he just became a pull hit guy. I mean, he really did. I mean, he he had, he had a good final. I'm glad he got the uh, the ending he wanted. I'm really I really am. Yeah, there's always something good when they have that storybook yeah, ending. Because I mean, everyone kind of felt weird. I think when he went to Lo- went to Los Angeles. Um, I mean, you're always happy for the guy if he gets if he gets a huge con contract and they're like hey we'll pay you 240 million dollars over 10 years you're like yeah i understand you know why you did that but the first couple years of him putting on an angel's uniform is a little weird yeah and especially because it's like he was he was there and you you 
if you just looked at, looked at it on paper, it's, oh, my God, you got Albert Pujols, you got Mike Trout, who's the best player in the world right now. What could go wrong? And then everything went wrong except Mike Trout. So I think we sent this in the group chat. I think you sent this. It was uh, it was a flow chart. It was, have you, like, I'm gonna, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull this up because it's absolutely hilarious. So there's a flow chart that Fife sent in the group chat, and it looks at stats for everybody. It said, have you been under 500 every season since 2018? And there's three teams that are yes for that. You've got the Tigers, the Angels, and the Royals. And then the next question is, did you have Trout and Otani the whole time? And the Angels are, of course, a yes for that. Um, that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, and it's, I guess we can kind of transition to that now, right? With the uh, not trade, trade line man. stuff. They're keeping Otani. Yeah, the Angels are keeping Otani. They not which, only that. I mean, I 100% agree with that. Why would you give him away ever? If you think not, there's like a 0.1% chance you can sign him, what? Like you, you can't be the guy that trades Otani. You can't do it. You cannot be that guy. I agree. I agree. I mean, so from a front office perspective of like trying to maximize value and talent, there's never going to be a player that acquires more talent than Shohei Otani. I like if you look at his trade value, he's going to be it for a half season you, rental. No one's going to. You can't acquire an, even if they trade him before last season. Like you can, you physically could not. I don't think you could acquire enough value or talent for that. Which I don't really no. like looking at players as like we're acquiring value. That's really kind of a little inhumane. But like you just can't. There's no way that you'd be able to feel comfortable with whatever you got back. Yeah, because you need to replace future production as well. I mean, so uh, Thompson and I talked about this um, at length in our podcast where we were talking about trades for Otani. You're trading for an ace, and you're also trading for the best home run hitter in the league over the last couple of years. So, I mean, it's hard enough to replace Justin Verlander or trade for Justin Verlander, but now you're trading for Justin Verlander and you're trading for an amazing hitter as well. That's almost an impossible task. In an... Yeah, I mean, it's just like there is no way to really value him, to be honest. Like he's just – he's the best player at two positions and is six – or is four months of Otani worth more than two years of some other players? Probably, absolutely, Yeah. But also, like, think about what else you gain from that. All the extra people that are coming out to the ballpark. All yeah. the other stuff that you're going to sell. All the attention. Like, if you're an owner and you care about money, that's worth something. I agree. I mean, if the Twins somehow traded for Shohei Otani, I would probably on a, be on a plane to go see the Twins play as soon as I possibly could. Oh yeah. And the the thing that really sucks for the Angels is that like if they even if they did try and just maximize every single thing they could get for Otani, they would still probably be like bottom 3 in farm systems in baseball. Their farm system is horrible. He's not mm -hmm. going to change trading for Otani or trading away Otani wouldn't change that. They're still bad. No, they're going to be bad gonna... for a while. Because you're going to get a lot of, I think if you were to trade Otani, you would probably want some major league talent 
but you'd have to rely on projectable guys. And those are notoriously um, iffy. So when the twins traded Eduardo Escobar back in 2017, we acquired three like projectables, right? Um, one was like Ernie De La Trinidad. Another was uh, like Maciel Cabrera or something. And then there's Joan Duran. You got three guys that are all super, super high upside. And two of them um, tanked. Like they just didn't perform well. And that is what it is. But then you have Joan Duran where his peak is unbelievable, except until last night when he gave up a walk-off Grand Slam because the Royals are screwed tonight. It was wild, wasn't it? Um, Dude, Bobby Witt walk off Grand Slam. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to hey, talk about it. Um, you know, you know the one dude, last. Duran has looked. Duran has looked human well, the last yeah, couple times out. He's a reliever. So, yeah, yeah. When you only have basically two pitches, it's it's. He's got three. Someone's gonna figure it out. Well, how? What's the pitch mix? Well, like how often does so he throw he's the? Got, he throws the fastball like forty six percent of the time, and then he splits um the remaining time between his curveball and his splitter, but. There are some days where his command just isn't there. Yeah, and, that happens. Um, yeah, this just so happened here that you give up four runs. Um, anyways, back to my point, projectability in trades is a huge thing, and the Angels would have to rely so much on projectability in those trades, and that's just not going to work. Yeah, um, and you know, there's so many other teams that, like, if, if this was Otani, if he was doing what he's doing now, two or two or three years ago when he still had arbitration years you would see teams being like hey here's our our best most prized prospect please take them yeah nobody's take doing two or three, three of them yeah i mean no. you, would, you would still get good prospects but it's like teams are going to hold on to their big their big guys they're going to do it Well, because you would you would get how many games do you get like 80 games with tani 70 games with tani and you would give up if you're giving up three good prospects. You're giving up 18 to 21 years of control over really good players, potentially really good players. Yeah, and um, it's also like what the Angels think that they can do, because like if they trade, if they were to trade Otani, you still have Mike Trout. So do you decide that we're going to rebuild and tear it all down and really shoot for prospects like lower level prospects? Or do we want major league players back? Do I want someone I can plug in somewhere? Like that kind of caps your upside too. Cause there's a lot of teams that like, if a good team wants to trade for Otani, they probably have good major leaguers, right? Do you yeah. think they want to trade those good major leaguers? No, they're trying the, to win. No, the Braves would never offer, you know, Ozzy Albies and uh, Spencer, Spencer Strider to qual or to uh, acquire Shohei Otani. And that's probably what it would take. Yeah, exactly. Like if they decide, if they tell everyone, hey, look, we want major league talent, there's only so many teams that are going to want to trade that or that can trade for that. So you, you have to find twin teams like the Twins because we've got a log jam of outfield talent, but none of that talent is good enough to acquire Shohei Otani. Yeah, unless they so, trade all of them. It was already going to be an, yeah, it was already going to be an impossibility for him to get traded. I am excited to see his free agency it's uh it's gonna be there's gonna be a, a book lot. written about it i mean i already know where he's gonna go but are you certain it's the dodgers i'm pretty certain it's gonna be the dodgers pretty okay. certain if i had to put money on it um i think Artie moreno is crazy enough to think 500 million over 10 years is a good deal i think shohei otani cares about winning more than he does money and there's, I think there's very little chance he signs back with the Angels because they have shown that they can't do it. Yeah. 
I mean, the Angels are kind of like a basket case. I don't care how much money they throw at him. I don't think he signs back with them because they have proven they cannot win with him and Mike Trout, and they are unwill. They are they are unwilling, and they lack the combination of Moreno and whoever he has had as GM lacks the ability to just go for it in a smart way. They just keep signing people. They refuse to give people long-term deals, especially pitchers. And like they just traded for two pitchers, both rentals. What does that tell you about how good they'll be next year? I, don't know. I like Lucas Giolito. Doesn't mean he's going to be around next year. You know no, what I, mean? I, I think you're right on with that. Um, I think there's very little chance. Like there's a non-zero chance they re-sign him. I, Dodgers, I however, would still... I would still say that there's a decent chance. I just finished reading a, you should read this. It was a called the book of Joe It's a biography of Joe. Oh, about Joe Madden. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. Uh, it was very, very, it was way too. Joe Madden has never done anything wrong in his whole life, but it's a biography. What do you expect? <laughs> um, but he was talking about the end of his time in Los Angeles and he was pretty blunt. Um, he said he doesn't have any hard feelings towards the GM. I forget the GM's name. It's Perry something. Perry um, Manazian. That's it is, Manazian. Um, and Artie Marino. Um, but he was very adamant that they don't really know how to win. Yeah, they um, don't. It's it's very clear because Artie Moreno, like Shohei and Mike Trout are great, but they have failed to build any sort of farm system. They baseball's a team sport. Yep. They refused to give people big long-term deals. The last time they did that was Pujols, and that was mainly because Artie Moreno wanted it to happen. He he's mm-hmm. probably he's the dark horse. Yeah, he's he's made. I mean, he's one of the like two or three most involved owners in baseball, and he's he just does like Jerry Jones. Yeah, but like Jerry Jones actually kind of sort of knows what he's doing because <laughs> the Cowboys like win games. They go well, to the playoffs. Hired Mike McCarthy. I don't know if he really knows what he's doing. They go to the playoffs, you know. So, I mean, does if you find a franchise Jones... quarterback in the fourth round? I don't think that you're that you've necessarily like nailed the draft. I think you just kind of got lucky. Is is Jerry Jones a genius? No, I don't think so. Is he doing okay? Yeah, I think he's well. And you know what? He's actually doing something that Artie Moreno should do. Jerry Jones has money. He's got Cowboys money, and he uses it. Oh yeah. Artie Moreno has money. This is Los Angeles. Well, it's Anaheim, but yeah, he's got money. <laughs> so funny aside about the Angels. So they're the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which is a stupid name. Um, but if you translate Los Angeles into English, they are the, the the Angels Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The the yeah. Angels Angels of Anaheim. I just most of the Angels on <laughs> Angeles. And you know what? They totally missed the mark because you know they used to be the California Angels, which is cool. Yeah. And now they're trying to share Los Angeles with the Dodgers, but the opposite has happened. The Dodgers are like California's baseball team now, so they had a chance to just stay California. Well, they're maybe, not even in Los Angeles, man. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in Anaheim. You're the Los Angeles. You changed your name and you didn't even change it to the, like Anaheim part, Angels. Part of the kind of cool. It's part of the like LA the metro Angels. Yeah. No, Anaheim Angels sounds cooler than the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It's, it's part of the it's part of the LA metro area, you know. That's like saying Milwaukee is part of Chicago. Like technically, you're kind of right. Chicago is, it, wait, is that big. Is Milwaukee part of the Chicago metroplex area? 
It kind of is. Is it actually, though? I don't know if it's counted as that, but Milwaukee is kind of northern Chicago. Well, LA is, or Anaheim is actually part of the. Oh, is it? Yeah, the Los Angeles metro area. Gotcha. No, so if you go from Chicago, so Chicago extends basically all the way to Michigan, right? Um, it just, it, it kind of dominates that whole area. But there's like a hour and a half stretch where there's not a whole lot and then you're in Milwaukee. So it's kind of like, it, it's not really part of it, but I kind of consider it northern Chicago sometimes with the way they it, act. It does spread into southeast Wisconsin. So yeah, no, it gets up to Kenosha. I mean, there's so many people. Core I, I so, satellite I cities. That, yeah, I had a bunch of friends that commuted into Chicago from Wisconsin. Not Milwaukee though. No. Gary, Indiana's part of it though, so that's cool. <laughs> Gary is quite possibly the worst city in the world. Indiana. I, there's nowhere in Indiana worth going. I, I, I will be on record as saying that. Ah, <laughs> uh, Indianapolis. Nope. nope. No. Okay. Not worth it. Anywhere we should go in Kentucky? No. I mean, yeah, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of cool places in Kentucky, but the Bourbon Trail will be cool. It is, it is. Depending on uh, which one you go to, the like old ones, the historic ones are like, hey, let's let's take you through and do the whole process. And the new ones are just like, hey, we're not that new yet, so we're not that old yet, so just here's some bourbon, have fun. <laughs> here's a bunch of bourbon, get wasted, have fun. Yeah. So, uh, so different oh, strokes for different folks. At least now the the Angels have pretty much said that they're all in on their buyers this year, whatever that actually means. Um, they have done some buying, right? Yeah, they, uh, they traded for uh, Lance or not? They didn't trade for Lance Lynn. Uh, no, that's the for? other LA team. That's yeah, they, right. They, yeah, they traded for Lucas Giolito and uh, Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox, who seem to be the biggest sellers. Well, I kind of want to take a second to vent about the White Sox here. So they, what year did they do really well? It was, it was like 2021 or something like that. Yeah, they, they, they were, they had they an were unbelievable good. year, but they have so much talent on that team. And uh, Tony La Russa ruined them. They, he really did. That was yeah. I mean, one of I think the it was... worst managerial hires we've seen this decade or this last like 20 years. Yeah. I mean, the, the White Sox were always kind of going to hit a wall just because, you know, they they are fully into the period that should be their their winning years, right? Their rebuild is over. All those guys are major leaguers now. And they've had some combination of poor performance and bad luck. But, yeah, the I think the La Russa hiring was just kind of like the exclamation point on, hey, maybe this team isn't as put together as we think they are, you know? Yeah. But it's it's not for a lack of talent. I mean, you've got Ewan Mikado, you've got um, Luis Robert, you've got Aloy Jimenez. I mean, there's so many guys when you take the field against them that you're like, this team can go off. This team is so, yeah. so good. But then they lose games and they blow games in a way that's just hilarious. Um, yeah, and they, you know, they've been, uh, they're, they've got their their big core guys, like you said, Jimenez and Robert. Yeah, but Grandall and- they all haven't really been on the field at the same time. They've been hurt a lot. And then some of the guys they have coming up that are complimenting them, who were some pretty promising prospects. I mean, Gavin Sheets is a exciting prospect. Andrew Vaughn at oh, first base. Some of these guys just haven't really found their, uh, haven't really found their legs, you know? 
No, no. I mean Tim I Anderson's know. had a Tim Anderson's had a terrible year. I don't think he has yeah. a home run yet. Yeah, no, and I think he's. Uh, I, I think some people have tapped him as a trade target this year, or this at the off season. But well, as of this point, how many more days do we have left? It's the uh, the first. Thirty first. So we got a couple days. Thirty first this year, or the first. What's that? It's the thirty first this year, or the first. The thirty first. Okay, so we've got about another two days. I think there's plenty of time for stuff to happen, and the first or the last day is always crazy busy. Yeah, I mean they've already. They've already dealt the guys that everyone thought they would, right? You got, uh, you know, Giolito going to the Angels. You also have Lance Lynn being traded to the, the Dodgers, which I'm a little unhappy. I was, uh, I, I already kind of, in my mind, I had tapped Joe Kelly to the Reds. That is exactly the guy that the Reds need. I thought you were going to say you wanted Lance Lynn. I no, like, I wanted Joe Kelly. You don't I want Lance Joe Kelly right now. No, I want Joe Kelly, man. Just, uh, I love Joe Kelly so much. He's, he's one of the great psychopaths yes. in today's game. Yes, that's exactly what they need. A good, a good young team that's exciting. You need a dude who is absolutely willing to throw at anybody, absolutely willing to fight anybody. I love Joe Kelly so much. I wanted the Reds to trade for him. I thought they could have got it done, but they they didn't. Do you think the Reds are, uh, the Raids, uh, do you think the, the Reds, Reds are going to acquire anyone? Um, I, I don't think so. I think they, maybe they make a couple of complimentary deals, maybe like some depth arms. I don't think they go after anyone big because they don't really, they don't really need to. I mean, there's some, I think the hope is that they can ride out until all the hurt guys get back because I think Hunter Green is about to start a rehab assignment soon. I think they moved Nick Lodolo's timetable up. He's probably going to get back a little faster, slightly faster than we thought. Um, so sometime here in, in August, most of these guys should be back. So I, I don't think they're going to do a whole lot because it seems like teams are asking a lot. Yeah, it's just organic additions, I think, yeah, is the like way to do it. With if the, you can always with add the White from Sox. within, I think that's better. Yeah, like with the White Sox, I mean – the guys the Reds would want to be going after are probably what Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech, the the young controllable guys. The market for or the asking price for that would be a lot, and I, I don't think they want like to. They would probably ask. It'd be, for, it'd be uh, top Matt prospects. McClain. Yeah, it'd be Matt McLean. Well, I, I'm sure they would probably go and say, "Yeah, no, these guys are off limits." They would, but, but that would be the asking point, right? Or it'd be Jonathan Indiana and, uh, you know, your number seven or number see, eight prospect. Jonathan Indiana is weird. Like, I, I get why he was the trade target guy, but, like, he only fits for so many teams. Like, the White Sox. The White Sox are very clearly going after prospects now, right? Maybe they are a little closer than some other prospects, right? Like, when the Reds traded Sonny Gray for a complex league guy. Like, that's a long-term thing. Still don't yeah. get that trade. I would rather have Sonny Gray, but whatever. How is that kid doing, um, by the way? He's fine. He's he's a double A now. Chase Petty. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's doing fine. Good. He's uh better than I thought. The track record for uh you know, young high school guys throwing a hundred is not really great. But he's he's been pretty good. I mean, let me pull up the stats real quick, but I think the last time I looked, he was having a pretty decent time. That might be one of those trades in the next five to ten years where the Twins are like, yeah, we got fleeced by the Reds again. Nah, I, I'd rather have Sonny Gray right now, to be honest. Sonny's yeah, he's, struggled. He's, uh, he's starting to struggle a little bit. He's doing pretty solid. He's he's at high A right now. He's got a 
174 ERA, 220 FIP. He's striking out almost, you know, nine and a half guys per nine innings. So he's, he's, he's have he's doing fine, but like he's at high A, you know, he's a 20 year old at high A, like that's a very long-term thing. Yeah. But like India, like if you trade Jonathan India, you, need to trade him to a team that also needs a major league ready second baseman. And you're looking for major league ready arms, right? How many teams want to make that trade? How many teams want to send you major league rotation quality starters for a second baseman? The I'm Boston sure there's Red Sox, a- man. Yeah, but they're not going to trade. He wants you. He wants to, he wants to give you guys big maple. I don't want Paxton. Paxton. I don't want, I want, I want Brian Bayo. That's what I would want. Yeah. And they don't want to trade that because why would they want to trade their young arms? You know? So I, like, I get why he was mentioned, but it's, I don't think it's likely. I mean, if anything, maybe the Reds trade some of their like major league or, uh, sorry, their like minor league depth. Like they traded, you know, Will Benson right now. They traded one of the guys we got in, uh, one of the trades with the twins, Steven Hajar. They traded him to the Guardians. I think those are the kind of deals the Reds would make. Is Yeah, you're trying to – I mean, there, there's very few opportunities with the trade deadline to add Shohei Otani. Um, yeah. You're trying to improve the margins. You're trying to improve your fifth starter, the guy that's taking the ball and giving you five innings every five days. You're trying to improve your speed off the bench. You're trying to improve your late-inning defense. If you get to the trade deadline, you're like, man, we need Shohei Otani to make this happen. You You try to trade for him. But so many of these teams are like, we just need to be tweaked a little bit and we'll be a lot better. And that's how they try to handle it, which I think is the way to do it. All I'm trying to do is get Luke Weaver out of the rotation. That's I think I, I watched I the highlights of one of the Reds games that he pitched and they're like, Luke Weaver is just a magnet for wins for the Reds. Mm. Like He doesn't He's pitch like, well, but y'all win the games. He, And you know what? He has like one start out of every four or five. That's like, you know what? That was pretty solid. That wasn't bad. And then the next, you know, three starts to give up four runs in the first inning. Would you like to guess what his ERA is right now this season? Um, I'm about to look it up, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna nope. press enter on this. Take, um, take a guess. I'm gonna say it's like four eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's seven point two. What? Yep, his ERA is seven point two with a five nine nine FIP, which is both hilarious. Bad. Those are both real bad. Wow. Yeah. That is bad. Yeah. Which, you know, it it's better than it could be, but yeah, he's just not, he's not. I mean, the only good thing is he's not giving up a lot of home runs, which is nice. ERA plus right now is 66. That's solid. How much are you guys paying this guy? Not a lot. Why did you sign him? This is bad. Because that was when the Reds didn't know they were going to be good, so they just were signing waiver guys or whoever. That's how they signed Will Myers and Will Benson and all these other guys. Will Myers kind of blew up, but that was a good risk to take. I like that you guys did that. Yeah, I mean, that's where the Reds have been making their money, you know? Mm -hmm. They just, you know, didn't work out this time. No, I agree. Luke Weaver is, I mean, but hey, if the Reds win the games that he pitches, even if he doesn't pitch well, yeah, he's a getting, successful pitch. He's getting an absolute crap load of run support, so that's good. But 
I just it's always wild how whatever. hitters seem to know what hitters they want to or what pitchers they want to hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, we just whatever whatever moves we got to do to get him out of the rotation. I'm happy with. I just think back that to is... Jacob Degrom with like a one nine six ERA, and he's like six and ten. <laughs> yeah, uh, and because it, it's like, okay, whatever. It's a game in July. He gave up five runs in the first inning. The Reds score ten that game, and it's fine. But like now, we got to start thinking what happens in the playoffs. Do you want Luke Weaver throwing in the playoffs for you? You guys got to win the division to make the playoffs. Or how, are you, where are you guys right now? Are you Actually, second? no, we don't. The Reds no. are. Do you realize the Reds are are very in the wild card race right now? Right. No, because I'm used to the AL where the AL East has claimed all well, three or two wild card spots. Let's look at the Major League Baseball standings right now. Because guess it. what? The the teams that were good, right? So you had the NL West where it was like. The Diamondbacks were winning, and then the Dodgers were trying to get their stuff together, right? They were probably going to get one of the spots. Then you had the East, where it was the Braves and then whatever other team could figure it out, which was the Marlins. Both the Marlins and the Diamondbacks have been bad the last, like, three weeks. So would you like to guess who is now the owner of one of those wildcard spots? You guys look like you're the first wild card team. Yes. The Reds wow. and Phillies are tied for the first wild card spot. And they still really have to get back from the Brewers, too. Yes. The wild card is fully in play, which it also is for the Cubs, too, because they've been on a roll recently. Yeah, nine and nine and one over the last ten. That's pretty yeah, good. They're they're doing some scary stuff. They're actually like scoring runs. Which the Reds are better. They they used to be like twenty five runs below. Like their run differential was like negative twenty five, and they're getting back to about even now. So that's a good sign. Yeah, they're 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 on the mend, but so are the Cubs are are coming. Now the only weird thing is that I don't know what they're gonna do because they're at like five hundred right now. I mean, the two big names that they have are what Stroman and Bellinger. They keep those guys, or they trade they have them away. To. They have to. They? You can't go on a nine and one heater and then trade away two of your best players. Do they? Well, they've talked about keeping not... Bellinger over the year, over the uh, winter too. Maybe. Him. I don't know. I mean, that, that was he was like at the beginning of the year. He was the prime guy that was like, "Who's ready for a turnaround?" And then sell off the deadline. He was like the top guy, like the guy at the top of the list. So. I don't know. Uh, trivia question for you. How many oh. games above or below 500 do you think the Twins are right now? I'm going to say two above. Or three above. Hey, there you go. Got a one and a half game lead over the Cleveland Guardians for 52 and 52. We were out of go. first place there for a while. Eh, Hop right okay. back in. We went on a heater right after the All-Star break, which was nice. Uh, Eddie Julian and Alex Kirilov decided that they don't like baseballs anymore. And <laughs> I think Eddie Julian over a four game series with the Mariners, I promise I'm like not exaggerating. He was like 11 for 15 with a couple taters and a bunch of extra base hits and a couple walks. And then Alex Kirilov was the AL player of the week. And he just decided that the left field bleachers just needed home runs. Um, dude, these guys, it got me so excited because I was sitting in my hotel room in Dallas watching these baseball games. And every single time Eddie Julian went up to the plate, 
he'd like start off every at bat and he'd watch a strike and then he'd watch a pitch that's like an inch out of the strike zone and the blue the umpire would call it a strike and he'd just kind of look at the umpire like you know that wasn't a strike and I know that wasn't a strike and then he'd put the next ball in the seats and it was just so fun to watch I I, I like that so much are the the twins gonna do anything else? They already made a move, trading for uh, to the Marlins for Dylan Floro. Nice, nice, good, solid reliever, former Red. Not a big yeah. Deal. Or I mean, we're we're getting we got rid of uh, Jorge Lopez, and that was kind of a sad story. He had a lot of mental health issues, and I think he's got like one of his kids is is dealing with some health issues. So the twins are like, we just need to do what's right for this guy and get him closer i think he's living in puerto rico or something like that so they wanted to get him closer so he be with his family and he also was just dealing with some stuff um yeah that happens. I, I we 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 don't have room on a roster right now um we had to option trevor larnick back to triple a to put jorge polanco on the roster uh which larnick was stroking them all well um and then royce lewis is going to be back in a week or two and then you got to figure out what to do because you can't send Eddie Julian down because Eddie Julian has forced Jorge Polanco to third base with how good Eddie's been. Um, you don't have a spot in the outfield open for Royce Lewis, and he's certainly not going to take over for Carlos Correa. Uh, no, so it. even if Carlos Correa yeah, is Kirloff still is mashing at first base, not good. Well, I'll disagree with that. Correa has been a lot better. Um, his numbers aren't going to look good for a while; they just won't. But he's He's been fine. Um, not as much power. Is he as good as he was with the Astros? No. Does it make me frightened for the next five years of this deal? Hell yes. Um, he's been better though. What about on the what about on the pitching side? Is there any I mean, is there anything to be done? Anything else to be done on the pitching side? No, our guys are just exhausted. Um, you've got five really good starters. You really do. And then you've got Louis Varland at AAA who's shown that he can be a big leaguer. Um, we're seeing a few more clunkers now. And then early on in the year, it was like the twins rotation is the best. And now it's like the twins rotation is very good. Uh, Pablo, Pablo is frustrating me right now because he will go out and he'll throw a shutout. And then the next time out, he'll go up six runs to the A's. Eh, baseball's I mean, hard. it is what it is. It's baseball. Baseball's yeah, funny. Baseball's hard. But he's just like the lack of consistency from him because he, you just never know if you're going to get good Pablo or bad Pablo. But even when you have bad Pablo, he'll pitch six innings. Um, in five of those innings, I think it was against like the A's or something like that. He pitched six, in- six innings and gave up six runs, and he gave up all six of those runs in one inning. And the other five innings, he didn't allow a hit. So, you know, like the twins are, start, their pitching is still incredible. Pablo's peripherals are one of the best in the league. Um, Sonny Gris, he's okay now. He's not as good as he was. So I'm kind of adding the train of like, let's let Sonny walk in the free agency because he's just, he's kind of, he's plateaued and he's going down. Um, Kenta Maeda has been awesome since he came back from injury, which is great. Uh, that's been such a helpful thing for the rotation. Um, and then Joe Ryan's had his moments too, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you're kind of in that spot when you're a good team and you've got a a solid road. Like, the Twins have a good enough farm system that they could go out and get somebody if they wanted to. Like, if they really wanted to overpay for, you know, uh, Shane Bieber or Dylan Cease, like, you could do it. But, I wouldn't want to, though. Yeah, and it's like... It's not even a division thing. Like, I don't think those guys are going to move the needle. I don't think getting he, another guy like that is... I think... Oh, if they it wanted would, to move the needle, they need to get hitting. The Guardians, it would it would make a difference. But that's like, true. 
Well, I mean, you're what three games over five hundred. Yeah. There's no way you could look at that and say, yeah, this is enough to to beat the Astros or beat the Dodgers. Like I've told you, my goal isn't to win a postseason series; it's to win a freaking postseason game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, yeah, baby steps, right? Yeah. I don't know. When you have a a solid rotation where everyone's just kind of going out there, I mean, you've got you got a lot. You know, from where you were a few years ago, where you just had so many people hurt, this is fantastic, right? Yeah, And it can kind of be hard to look at that and say, well, we need to make some moves. We need to go out and get somebody. We need to go get depth. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's kind of hard to hear as a fan, but I think they probably do need to just sit tight because the Guardians are not really getting any closer. I mean, they're just average. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty boring trade deadline for um, the AL Central it is what it is. Um, the, the division itself, like it's the definition of uh, the word meh. Yeah. Um, Cause even the bad teams, like the Royals, they don't really have anyone to give. Their problem no. is that nobody's progressing. The Tigers, same way. There's just nobody to give. Right. And they're not tanking. I mean, the only team that's trying to tank is the White Sox. Um, and they've yeah. traded away pretty much. They're not going to give up Luis Robert. They're not going to give up Aloy Jimenez. They seem intent on not ruining their future right now, which I can respect that, you know, wanting to keep your core guys, it limits yeah. your return, but you know, they've, I think uh, this off season, we might see an absolute fire sale from the white Sox Cause you can get Luis Robert and Loy Jimenez are good enough that you can get decent prospects for them. And you can say like, well, we'll try to build around Andrew Vaughn. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll talk yeah. to the white Sox fan about that, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't know many people who are admittedly or openly White Sox fans right now. Well, everyone in Chicago is hip to be the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they all they all say they're White Sox fans, but they're really Cubs fans. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up. Good discussions on the trade deadline, but the next yeah. time we come back, there should be uh, more trades have happened, and we'll kind of dive a little bit into that. And then we've got some kind of wacky and fun ideas for fun episodes for us, as opposed to like baseball news. So. Be on the lookout for that stuff, and we'll uh, we'll catch you all next time. Yeah, get excited. We're going to be uh, designing our own stats. We're going to go through all the math on new stats. Don't want to miss that. Shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening.